Hello, listeners. My name is Troy, the usual host for the AC Podcast. But today, I'm super excited to be handing off hosting of this episode to my incredible wife, Jasmine. That's right. This week's episode is the Mother's Day Takeover Part 2. And today, we're going to be having Jasmine, Melissa Huff, and AC's very own Nancy Steiger as they have an incredible conversation. Listen, I'm going to let my wife handle that. She's going to fill you in on what you guys are going to be talking about. But I just want to say from all of us at AC, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, whether your kids are grown, whether your kids are babies, regardless of how you became a mom and your season of motherhood. We are so grateful for you. We're praying for you. And we pray that you enjoy an incredible Mother's Day weekend from all of us at AC. It's the AC Podcast. For the love of God, love people. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Jasmine, wife of Troy, and this is the Mother's Day Takeover, year two. I'm here today with Melissa Huff and Nancy Steiger. Welcome, you ladies. Hey. Nice to have you today. Thanks, Jasmine. Good to be here. So good. I know last year, Nancy, we didn't get to chat with you. We had Sharina here instead, so it's nice to switch it up and get a chance to talk with you as well. Yeah, I'm excited to be a part of it. I was uh, I was reflecting on the same thing. We were on the other side of the world in Nepal last year, so it's it's fun to be here this year. Right. Yeah, I remember. Was that the trip where you guys uh, were climbing the mountain and your son ended up in the hospital? Yeah, we, that was the one we were doing where we were doing Everest Base Camp, and Tristan had to be air backed out. No way. So, what a Mother's but Day it's all good. experience. All good. Yeah. Thankfully that didn't happen on Mother's Day, but it was a very revealing mother experience. That's for sure. No so kidding. we talked about it on another podcast, but yeah, so it was, it's all good. There's no long-term effects. He's all good. So I think we're just happy that we got through the moment and, and it was a great learning experience. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So good to have you. Melissa, you've had a baby since last mother's day how is how's that going for you oh it's good she's four months old today actually so we are we are coming out of the fog (laughs) slowly Um, but she's super sweet and she's been very exciting and adventurous and smiley um and yeah we're just happy to have her you know it feels like you've they've always been there once they're here so right How's the change between two and three kids? I hear that's worse than between one and two or harder. So going from two to three kids has not been super hard, but I think from the consensus I seem to hear is that if zero to one was really hard, one to two is easier. And if zero to one was easy and one to two was hard, then two to three is easy, if that makes sense. So for us, zero to one was pretty easy. One to two was really hard. And then two to three has not been so bad. But she's been our hardest baby herself. But the actual having three kids okay. hasn't been too crazy. But she had a pretty bad tongue tie. And she just oh, – it was even just like having sad. a lot of appointments was difficult. Um, mm-hmm. She was born in the car. <laughs> so she's what? just been like – I didn't hear that story. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's crazy. <laughs> so she's just been wow. like a whirlwind herself. And then all her tongue mm-hmm. tie issues made her kind of fussy at first. Um, but, yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's good now and – Everything's sort of settled, and we're just enjoying her. So good. I feel like three's always been intimidating to me because that's the point that you're outnumbered, and I don't like the feeling of being outnumbered. (laughs) I'm like, a one-to-one ratio is pretty good for us. 
but um yeah we we did the divide and conquer yeah. Yeah. technique as well when William came along, our second one. I'm like, okay, so now you have Tristan yeah. and I get William. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we met. And, and now it's just the big kids like, and the baby. You know, so it's yeah. still the same there thing. It feels go. like a lot when Wes is gone. I will say that. Yeah. It's like a lot of people to put to bed. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Oh, man. Yeah. That gets me thinking about just the topic of today. We're, we're talking about keeping the fervor of faith. And the, Troy and I were talking this last week or even a couple weeks ago about what should we talk about for Mother's Day? There's so many different aspects of motherhood that I think that we could cover. But the one thing that has been standing out to me in this last season of my motherhood has been this idea of what now? Um, it actually was sparked because of a conversation I was having with my mom. Um, she was, she was just sharing kind of the things she's been going through in her life and she's been an empty nester for a while. Me and my brother have been moved out for like almost 10 years. My brother was younger. So maybe, maybe six to eight years now she's been an empty nester, but she was saying how just now she's getting to this point where she's feeling like now what? And there's, you know, that long gap that she's had, but there's a new stage that she's entering now. Um, where it's now what, and I realized even for myself, I feel like I've passed a lot of moments in motherhood already where I've felt like, okay, now what? Like I I've had this baby, I've had the celebrations, I've had all the family come visit. I've, you know, entered this new stage, especially after having our first. And you get to this point where you're like, okay, but now what? Like I'm here. How do I, how do I really step into this new stage of my life and do it from a place of faith and keeping the same values I had before I was a mom, carrying it into this new stage of life. And and what does that look like? And so I thought it'd be really cool if we had an opportunity to just chat about um, just that type of conversation and, and, and moments in our lives of, of now what? Well, uh, what I can say is there's hope because it gets easier mm -hmm. as your kids get older, right? I just remember when my kids were, were little and I just really, you just have to, you have to guard your time and your investments. You're not able to do the things as much as you would love the, the, the personal passions that you have, right? In regards to even your church involvement, you're limited because who's going to be looking after your kids? And if your husband's like our husbands are quite involved, mm -hmm. then then someone needs to be making sure that someone's tracking the kids. It's funny. I was talking to another family on Sunday and uh and one, she had sent one of her older kids to go get her younger kid out of Sunday school. In our church, you have to release them to an adult. I'm sure that's the way it is uh, pretty much in all churches. But I would have other staff people bring my children to me because I would completely forget about going to get them. <laughs> just <once Yeah>. back. <laughs> and that's just one of those moments where you're like, oh, that's right. That's what I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing right now. <laughs> supposed to be being a mom, not like connecting with people. And maybe I should go connect with other moms in the children's mm -hmm. department. <laughs> so, but now they're, they're independent. Mm -hmm. So I can do the things that that are that are I'm passionate about, you know, that that feed into my personal faith and and serve in the church. Mm -hmm. So how are you ladies doing like where you're at? 
I think, um, so I still have a baby. So in some ways I feel like I've grown into new stages, but I'm also still doing the baby thing. Um, so that's kind of unique about this season, I guess. Um, but definitely I've learned along the way to sort of adapt. So as far as like personal, like practices of faith, I've just gotten a lot better at listening to the Bible on audio, even like while I have a shower or kind of what people call snacking, if you will, like just when it fits, Mm -hmm. if I'm cooking and sometimes I might only listen to a few verses of something before someone needs something, but to just take the attitude of something is better than nothing instead of just not doing something. So -hmm. that's been really helpful for me, especially this year, especially with Juliet. She's been less of a Mm hands-free baby. I used to sort of catch up on texts while I was nursing and I would read things on my phone and she's just required a lot more of my attention, um, as a newborn. And so all of a sudden I was like, what do I do? This is, it really threw me for a loop. Um, so I started listening to audiobooks, podcasts, and just trying to find things that were edifying that I could do with the kids, but then also Mm -hmm. just practicing taking the kids with me. And like you said, Nancy, sometimes you forget to pick them up from the nursery or you're (laughs) trying to juggle. Okay. I'm trying to connect with an adult. I'm trying to be a mom and they need me. And finding the balance of when do I ask my kids to come along with what I'm doing because it's good for them to learn to ask someone how they're doing or check in on someone. Wes is an elder in our church. So sometimes I do think there's a benefit of just bringing them with me to maybe check on someone who's not doing well or whatever the case may be, but then also knowing when to lay down what I actually want to do because I also love to take care of people or connect with people, just take care of them. So I don't know if that really answers the question, but I think it's just like a constantly evolving thing for me and something that I'm just learning and growing and asking people for um, advice and help with. And I think if I could sum it up, it would probably just be like, it's practice. I appreciate what you said about just learning new ways of, of getting, of engaging like spiritually in like whether it's an listening to the Bible with an audio book or having a podcast that like that teaches the word and is and is edifying and encouraging, but like really or whether music really mm-hmm. ministers to you, right? Not being like this Bible study is the only way that I can grow my faith, yeah. mm-hmm. and I have to have thirty minutes in in the morning, like before the kids get up. Like we don't have to be traditional about this. We can. We can be creative yeah. in how we spur on our faith and how we grow in our our understanding or just in our personal faith. I think also, I mean, if you can find people who will look after your children, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if I know Jasmine, you don't necessarily have family mm-hmm. close by, yeah. right? So <clears throat> sometimes it's hard to call in a grandparent, but that community of support, which enables you to take a break mm-hmm. and get out there and and have the community that also inspires faith, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, uh, through maybe through a women's Bible study or a group Bible study or a community group. Yeah, those are those are great pieces too. I've found that being a part of a community that is full of people that are willing to help carry that bur- burden of mm-hmm. of motherhood is is huge. Like we've got so many aunties at our church. <laughs> when we go, we've got like a handful of aunties that just come mm-hmm. swoop up our kids and take them under their wing. And it, that's incredible about being a part of a church community and having people that are invested in not just loving our kids, but wanting to instill these incredible qualities of faith into them. And, and whether it's, you know, five minutes or taking them 
we've had multiple people, you know, step up and, and help take care of our kids because of that lack of having mm-hmm. our family around. Um, and it's just been such a blessing to have the church community for that single purpose alone. Um, no kidding, like the the rest of the benefits of being a part of a church body that has been um, such a blessing to our family and since becoming a mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, one thing in my motherhood that's been interesting to reflect on is the fact that when I had Araya, um, we were actually living in Winnipeg. So that was um, actually very close to my family and and not so far from Troy's family. Um, but I, I remember a moment holding her with Troy and we both had this, it was only a, maybe a week or so after we had her. And we were both looking at her and like, what are we doing with our life? It, there was this this moment of realizing like, I want to do more than I'm doing right now. And and it was such an urgency that we I never experienced up to that point. And so that caused our faith um, to be challenged. And also, I think there was uh, something that awakened in us too, that we just we started reaching out to um, people that we looked up to. And at the time, it was the pastors that we're under right now here in BC. They were just building a church um, out here. And because of that feeling of like, I really want to do something, not just for myself, but for our kids and and for our future. And um, that urgency you feel as becoming a parent, it caused us to take this next step in our our walk with the Lord even and and reaching out and and asking these deeper questions about not not just who God is but how to lead a life of faith um and what that looked like for us personally and and it eventually ended up for us moving out here to BC and becoming a mm-hmm. part of the church plant that we're a part of now because um there was these desires that we were just kind of putting to the wayside and and just say, oh, one day, oh, one day. But then you have a kid and it's like, wow, I want to do what I'm here on this earth to do. And there's not any more time to waste. And so that has been really cool becoming a parent, how there's these things that can awaken in you. It doesn't even have to do with her specifically, but because of having them in your life, what that produces in you, I think is pretty cool. So that's interesting because I find that a lot of times it like, for me, it was hard not to go, just go inward mm. when I, when I had kids, right. To just think about everything that, that everything just now needed to be about me and my family and about their schedule and about how do I provide safety and security for these kids. But when you can say, no, we have an opportunity as a family to serve, even what you're saying, Melissa, how you, you have opportunities to serve and minister to people and you just, you bring your kids along. Right. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a family thing, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Where you're, this is what you, this is who you are as a family. Yeah. That's exactly what our dream, I guess, always had been was to mm-hmm. be able to do ministry as a family. And so, um, yeah, getting to do that now and, and going through all the different stages, even up to this point, like I've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old now, and uh, man, the challenges that you face, huh? it is this internal battle though, because part of you is like, I really want to follow the Lord. I want to do um, what he has put within me and I want to see that flourish and grow. But I also have this desire for security and like to look inward and just to to be safe, safe right? And I think there is this balance that 
you find yourself kind of wrestling with, at least I found for myself with how do I still live a life that's after the Lord and going to constantly be challenged and grown, but also produce that environment of safety and and security um, and not one outweigh the other, Mm -hmm. right? Have you guys felt Mm -hmm. that at all? Yeah, I think for me, a lot of it comes to just seeing the eternal value in the small things. And sometimes I can get caught up in the things that are obviously of eternal value, like praying with a sister in Christ who's in need maybe, or something Mm -hmm. that tangibly is meeting a need where I feel like I'm sharing the gospel or living that out in an obvious way, but needing to also remember that there's eternal value in caring for children who have eternal souls and who Mm -hmm. need to see Christ lived out in the way that I love them and speak to them and realizing that if we're too busy to have conversations about God, like I've realized sometimes we've been so busy that Eli's asked a question that has a lot of depth to it. And it's like, let's talk about that when we get home. And I don't want to be so busy that we can't have those conversations or remembering that when Wes Mm -hmm. is traveling, if I'm the one home with them and I'm the one praying with them before bed and taking just those little moments to disciple their hearts, that that's also extremely valuable. And seeing that God has called us to many different aspects of discipleship. And I think sometimes God says, yes, I want you to serve me in this way, but just wait a minute. And that can be okay too, to still have those desires to serve together as a family or to have ministry look a certain way and to know that that season might come, but it's just not today. Um, I Mm -hmm. always tell people, I think there are two ways of responding when you have a newborn. And one of them is to like hibernate And that is not me. I am not the person who like cocoons. I'm the person who's like, oh, I miss people. I miss my friends. I miss being out. And I love, I love babies. I love snuggling them. I love the slowness of it. But I also tend to like go back to church within probably two weeks because I've been like so starved for socialization and I'm so used (laughs) to seeing everybody. And um, so I have to remind myself sometimes in my case that being home is sometimes the the big thing God has called me to in terms of serving him. Yeah. I, uh, I've, I've found that it's, it's that balance of, of being okay with the stage you're at and just being present and available. Um, being a stay at home mom, I, I am, I'm not sure. Melissa, are you, I know you're probably home right now with your baby, but you were teaching last year. I'm not I am always doing too many things. No, I'm home. I'm homeschooling, but I also like, I haven't really taken a full maternity leave. So I'm like, I have a meeting at the school on Friday. It's sort of a, I'm the curriculum director at the school I used to teach at. So I, I do it as I'm able. That's sort of the standing arrangement we have is that as much as I can, I'll do. And it's never quite enough. Um, but so this time of year, there's a little bit that just has to happen. So I'll go in for a couple hours. Yeah. Oh, that's my mostly home. Yeah. I find being at home, I've gone through that struggle of, should I be doing more? Should I be starting a business? Cause I see all my friends starting businesses and I've got those, those questions that are always rolling through my, the back of my head. And I have to remind myself that this is a blessing Mm -hmm. to be able to be with my kids. And it's something I've always Mm -hmm. wanted, but it's funny when it's just the mundane day to day, you, you start you know, wondering, is this enough? Am I doing enough? And those questions 
um, rise up. And so I love how you were just reminding even me now to, to be good with just where you're at in the season and to be present. And, and those are things that have to be practiced and, and encouraged sometimes because it's, it's, uh, it is a wrestle sometimes. And I think it's probably vice versa too, for the working mom, right? Like if you're busy Mm -hmm. all the time, it's like, Oh, I wish I could be Mm -hmm. home. I wish I could be home. But, um, it's embracing where you're at and, and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, when Wes went away this last weekend for the leadership summit, I said to him as he left, I don't know if you ladies find that right before your husband goes away, often like the morning he's leaving, everything's a little bit, we're just sort of on each other's toes. Our routine is thrown. Everyone's a little anxious he's leaving. And so instead of being like, let's all be happy and love being together, we tend to kind of all be at each Mm -hmm. other. And the kids don't really know how to express that they're feeling that they're going to miss daddy anyways. So we're sort of walking through this, finding our footing. And I looked at him as he left and I said, you know what, I'm living my dream. This is what I've always dreamed of. And sometimes it's hard. And I think that's Mm -hmm. something I had to realize that it can be hard. And that doesn't mean it's bad. And it doesn't mean it's not literally what I've always dreamed of. Um, and it's not sad or any of those things, but three kids is a lot of work and little kids are a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And just recognizing that like, yeah, this is my dream. And I'm really thankful that God has blessed me with this. Um, and sometimes blessings still are a little bit of work. (laughs) Right. Do you feel like there's, um, an aspect to your faith that provides guidance and support during those moments of when it's and when it gets really hard, is there certain aspects of just your faith that can encourage you, or how do you make it through those moments? I think that mostly I just I'm just so so thankful God's gracious because the reality is is that our parenting is not perfect, and and I see that even in um you I see it even more as my kids get older because I see things that I've done and I and I just wonder. Like, have we messed up in that area? Did we not address those issues enough? And then I, I'm just like, God, I know that my parents weren't perfect either. And I just pray that, that I ask for his grace. And I just pray that my kids will be gracious, right? As well. And recognizing that, that we are human. And um, so, yeah. And in, in regards to my faith, just even in the other areas of struggle, it's just, I think there just it just ebbs and flows, right? We don't have to arrive in each moment, right? I think there's there's even a there's you're always learning and adjusting and and growing, you know, mm-hmm. in our personal faith, in our in our parenting and in things that we need to be emphasizing with our kids or even in our own lives. I mean, parenting, there's there's no other well other than probably marriage there's no other activity that's personally revealing of your personal flaws <laughs> let's 100%. just be honest like when i see my kids and i'm and i like for for example going back to what we started out like the um the everest trip it was hard for me to to see i i was holding so tightly onto an expectation my expectation was that we were all going to get to Everest Base Camp and this was going to be, I mean, Andy and I had been dreaming about that moment and planning and hoping for years. And so I had so much tied up into the expectation that it was, 
it was it was hard to let it go and to just realize that I, I find that with my kids so much. I have so much expectation. Like right now, Tristan is struggling with an injury and it's mm-hmm. track season and he should be hitting it hard and he's struggling. Mm-hmm. And I I'm like, is my expectation his success? Is that what I wrap all my identity around is mm-hmm. his successes? And I'm like, no, I need to be. I need to be patient in the moment and acknowledge that life doesn't always go exactly as we plan it to go. And it doesn't go exactly as we plan it for our kids. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we can hope all this thing, these things for them. And in the end, we just, how am I teaching him to walk through this hard moment? Right. Mm -hmm. How am I walking through this hard moment? Am I projecting all my, my disappointments with my expectations on them? Or am I, um, Am I, you know, working through, through what, what's happening right now? Am I patient and just working through the struggle? It, yeah. Sorry. I'm just right in the middle of this right now. No, <laughs> I love it. Even just we, as we were driving to school today, I was praying. I was like, God, just help us to be patient with mm. what he's dealing with. We're just, we want things to hurry up and get better fast mm-hmm. yeah. and it's, and it's not happening. And, and just right. going, God, just give us patience, help us to work through this and just provide healing for him. And, uh, and help me not to just project all my expectations on him. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, that's so hard as a parent and as a mom, yeah. right? Yeah. Especially when you're so invested in what they're doing, you're the one that's driving them around, mm-hmm. <laughs> helping them with their homework, right? Yeah. All these things that they're involved in. And yeah, it's just, it's just tough. I love that you brought that up because it's funny even being able to relate that to where I'm at in my stage of mothering. Like I I look at my kids some days and I'm like, you should be getting this already. I've been going, you know, like there's those, those moments where you're like, I've, I've told you this so many times. How are you not getting it? And, and it's remembering that, that consistency and that patience to, to see the things you're you're hoping for and you're trying to instill in your kids to produce. And it does take time. And yeah, that scripture I stand on so much is train the, your child up in the way they should go and they will not depart from it when they're old. And, and for me, I even look back to the way I was raised and the things I went through to where I'm at now. There is that time where you, I'm sure my parents were looking at me like, what is going to happen to this girl? Like she's, you know, going crazy right now. I made some bad choices, but then how the Lord keeps you and reminds you of those moments when you were a little kid and those, Mm -hmm. those small, um, what seemed like small moments at the time, even for my mom, I've brought up some things that were major in my, in my faith and the way that I look at life. And to her, she's like, Oh, I didn't even remember that, you know? And so it's, it's funny how, um, we get so caught up in our expectations, but truly remembering that our life is modeling and our kids are watching so closely that it's it's the longevity, it's the the consistency of what they see and and what's produced in your life that um, I do believe is going to you're gonna see it in them when they're older. You're gonna see see those things and, and waiting it out. And even for little things with my kids now, like I I've been on a riot for certain things for so long. And then one day it just clicks mm-hmm. and all of a sudden she's, you know, she's doing it. And, and you don't even notice when that happens, but all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I'm not dealing with this issue anymore. And so it's cool to, to see that in motherhood. I think that's such a great reward. 
It's amazing too when you have. Well, I'm just always so thankful. Like we were talking about before, when when there's a community of people who are helping you care for your kids. I find that that's even so important now. When when there's other adults that are speaking into my kids' lives, and something I've said over and over and over again, and then all of a sudden someone else says it, and it just clicks. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm like, Lord, thank you so much for my friend who just said what I've been saying, and now and now they're like they're convinced. <laughs> just, Oh, such a, such a blessing. That's amazing. That's too funny. Have you encountered any conflicts or tension between your personal beliefs and societal expectations or cultural norms regarding motherhood? That's a question that um, Troy had brought up in in this discussion because I think it's a great thing to cover when we're we're talking about raising our kids up in a world that isn't necessarily carrying the same beliefs as we would say the church is. And as we say, the church, you know, has been a great, um, great thing to, to be raising our kids up in, but then they're going out into our schools or, or different community groups. And how do you guys feel like that's been um, for, for mothering, especially in, in this time, have you found any, any tensions or conflicts in that? I think for me, it took me probably a while to find my stride. And I don't think maybe I've, maybe you you never totally do, um, where you're just sort of continuing to learn. But I was a teacher before I was a mom. So there were a lot of things I had ideas about and, and a lot of those things were accurate and I've continued to live those out. But then other times you have to just sort of figure out what you, how you like to mother whether it's how you like your kids mm-hmm. to sleep or eat or like how you start solids, like that was really overwhelming to me <laughs> where I was like, oh, okay, do you do purees? Right. Do you do baby led weaning? Do you do a little bit of both? And then to also be able to have my values and what I, the conclusion I had come to without feeling like someone else was wrong for doing it differently or someone else was judging me for doing it differently than them and having to explain myself and just sort of finding my stride. Like this is what I like to do being open to change and growth, but also just having a little bit of confidence in how you're mothering. And I think every new stage that sort of happens again for me. So this year we started homeschooling and I wasn't really expecting get pushback for homeschooling. I thought post COVID that everyone was really open to the idea of it. I grew up homeschooled. I loved it. So I just saw it as really positive and I was surprised when I, I just had the number of comments I got. Eli's pretty tall. So I guess people, when we're out in public, he looks old enough to be in school. Cause I thought he's only three and a half in September or right. almost four, but he was still three. So I thought no one would really notice. And everyone was like, why isn't he in school? Oh, and I had to sort of rework through all those things about like, why, why are we doing this? And how am I going to respond mm-hmm. to people because it's not just about like sheltering him from the world. There are good reasons that as Christians, we want to do things. Even like we were talking about a family culture of doing ministry together. Homeschooling is a big piece of that for us. If Wes is traveling a lot and we can be together on a Tuesday morning, or we can have the freedom to go to an event together or serve at church together without the burden of um, having to get out the door for school or whatever it might be. There are all these other reasons and so I think it took me a while to maybe find that, and I probably still will have to work that out internally. Um, but yeah, I think just knowing like why why do we value these things? Why are they important? And what does 
what does the Bible actually say about them? What does God actually say about these things? And Mm -hmm. how does that sort of filter all the way down to the end of our decisions? For us, kind of the biggest thing I think about in the moment, I was trying to reflect on what in the moment, what are we doing that's probably the most countercultural, that's the most obvious is we like our kids don't have, they have devices, but Tristan doesn't have a phone mm-hmm. yet, but not, it's not that he's on social. I've, I've been learning. He's on social media. He's on YouTube. He's not on Instagram right. or uh, other sorts of things, but just like slowing down that process mm-hmm. has been, um, I'm thankful that, that he has, especially our oldest one, he has good friends that aren't trying to accelerate that entry into social media um, and into having a phone. So for us, it's been like, it's been, we've had a really good experience. I know with William, it's been a bit harder because he's encountered more people who are maybe he has friends who are, who are, have personal devices and who have, um, or maybe on social media a little bit more, but even I find in their school, the assumption is that they will, they will be, they will have a phone that they will be be on social media and so that the types of like talks that they give and our kids are just like they just glaze over because they're like I don't not that doesn't mean anything to me because it's not they're not there yet but so thankfully it's been like there hasn't been too much of rub I think the rub's more probably been for them Mm -hmm. in that suddenly they feel maybe excluded because they're not they're not part of the conversation as much as other kids are. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the biggest thing. And the other thing too, is just the things that we prioritize as a family that we will jeopardize our kids athletics for going on a family vacation, Mm -hmm. uh, is, uh, that's a big thing that, that we choose to like in the middle of their track season or the beginning of it, go away. Mm -hmm. And then it just messes everything up. And my kids aren't, they're not Olympians. They probably won't play university sports, but it's like even just saying that our prior, our priority is our family mm-hmm. and our mm-hmm. family time, that the things that, that we value as a family over and above their, their sporting events. Now, thankfully they're in single athlete events. They're on a team. I know it's different, but yeah, for us, it's been, that's probably the biggest thing that we might, I guess they do it a little bit different than some families just because we value that time. Yeah. I, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. I didn't even think about sports, I guess with our kids being younger, Mm -hmm. we're not really involved in those kind of activities yet, but, um, there is a lot of, you know, pressure for young kids to be like Mm -hmm. dedicated and, and it still has good qualities, but I I love that you, you prioritize your family. I think that's super important. And you guys take the coolest. That's hard. (laughs) Yeah, you do take the coolest trips. <laughs> it's it's pretty up. It does it comes with sacrifices though, mm-hmm. right? I mean, even like it uses up resources mm-hmm. that we could otherwise like funds that we could pour into doing other things, right? But we're like, okay, this is a priority to, for us, so we don't have as much like there's not the resources to do all these other yeah. things that like we didn't ski this year, like snow ski we normally do because mm-hmm. we're like we need to prioritize this trip over here. So, and that's really been good too. It's been a, that's been a good learning thing for them to see that the way that you prioritize your spending and stuff so that you're, you're focusing on something, Mm -hmm. right. Saving towards something. So, yeah, yeah. that's a really good quality. Jasmine, I mean, your husband was, was a 
has done lots of athletics. So that'll be an interesting journey for you as well. But it's such a great community to be in as well, right? Mm-hmm. To be in yeah. that community and and to be interacting with families and and those relationships. So I don't I don't think it's a there's not a uh this is the best way. It's just our way mm-hmm. of doing right. things, right? And so I I feel like there's there you could be in sports and have a great, you know, community of and family and that could be so positive for your kids as well. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, like but what you said is about prioritizing what's important to your family mm-hmm. and being able to sit down and recognize the values that you want to put in place as these are are what we value and this is not for everybody. Right. Like you said, it's not not I'm saying that every family needs to do it this way, but taking the time as a family to sit and actually reflect on what do we value as a unit and Mm -hmm. what do we want to prioritize? And I think sometimes with the busyness of life, you can get so caught up in the day to day accomplishing what you know, and you don't actually take the time to prioritize those Mm -hmm. things. I've noticed that already and in how the years go by so quickly and you're saying, oh, I want to do this by this time and then whole year goes by and if you don't Mm -hmm. prioritize it you don't value it enough you don't actually get to see that in in your family dynamic and I think it's really important to make those efforts to to say this is really what we value so I really admire that um it's yeah for myself I'm also homeschooling this next year with Raya we're doing a blended learning so I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see how that goes I always had my my sights set on just fully at home homeschooling but there was a program close to our house and it worked out that um we could do partly at home partly at school so I'm excited Mm -hmm. for that transition of and it's going to be a different family dynamic you know keeping it up with a new schedule and but I, I have found some of the pushback too with homeschooling and um just not even thinking it would be an issue and and some people yeah yeah they're like oh are they going to be missing out Mm -hmm. on this and that but but it is very important I found to be confident in the choices you're making and and allowing those I don't think getting frustrated with other people um benefits I think it's actually great to have that pushback Mm -hmm. because then you actually are able to solidify no this is actually what I really believe I want and allowing that to just confirm it rather than frustrate you as a parent because there are so many times in parenting where I've felt like oh I'm not doing this the right way or you get some questions or like even for our family we we have late night Mm. church services that's something that we are doing a lot and and for a lot of people like that's wow you're keeping your kids up till 10 11 at night sometimes like that's something that people will look at you like you're doing a good thing as a parent but for us like that's a priority in Mm -hmm. our life we want to be able to do ministry together we want to make sure our kids are in an environment that um yeah like with us in those environments and then we just make up for it and sleeping in the next day and and changing our routines around and maybe don't we don't have a normal family dynamic um like most other people would say but it works for our family and it's we're seeing the fruit of it in our kids. And mm-hmm. so um, you have to be confident in those decisions you're making and also being okay to change it too. Like we get to this point, I've had a few times where I'm like, okay, I can't, you know, this season, my kids are are just too exhausted. Like we need to, we need to cut back for a while. We need to just stay home and being able to ebb and flow, like you're mm-hmm. saying, keep up with paying attention to your kids' needs um, but then also not allowing them to 
rule your schedule yeah. and and take away the things that you value um, at the same time. So there is that balancing between that I think we all face. I, I think the need to pivot is so like being willing to just like evaluate constantly because your kid our kids as they grow up their needs change the demands of like if they get involved in more things because they as they get older so then the demands on you grow and then maybe as my kids get older there's less things that like they're involved so mm -hmm. I basically uber from yeah. like three till seven o'clock at night uh <laughs> lots of driving uh but it's like but at the same time, it's different because I don't have to be as, as engaged. It's actually a great socializing mm -hmm. time for me because I'm like, right. that's because I'm at home. I work from home. Uh, yeah. So it's like, that's the time when I get to actually fill my like socializing mm -hmm. cup. But then the evenings are, are mostly free for me. Right. So then yeah, I, right. you know what I mean? You're just constantly being able to reevaluate into, okay, this season requires this of me, but this season I like, okay, now I'm a little more freed up or this is what my kids need right now. So I need to, I need to pull back from something else or we need to adjust our family, our family schedule. That's so important, you know, mm -hmm. to constantly just be looking at that and being willing to do that. Yeah. yeah and I think knowing like so, who, oh, sorry, Jasmine. <laughs> no, no, I think ahead, ahead. knowing who is sort of one stage ahead of me that I can look to, I find really helpful. Not to copy them, but to just have a model to, to look to and to see, okay, what are some things that we want to sort of strive towards? And what are some things that I just saw those people do not long ago? Even like the trips that you guys have taken, Nancy, are so inspiring to go, okay, they saved for that. And they thought about that for a really long time. And your podcast about going to Everest, you were talking about how you took them hiking when they were toddlers and how you sort of worked from the ground up. I'm thinking, okay, like there, you guys are a few stages ahead of us and just thinking, what are some things we want to take from that? What might be part of our family culture? What ways might our family culture look differently? I have, um, I often give the example of our pastor's family sitting in the front of church and watching them for years and years and years, training one of their kids in particular, not to look and like wink at me during church. And I loved just like, you know, kind of engaging with him and so we would sort of just, you know, he'd make a face at me. I make a face at him and his mom would just gently be like, okay, just like turn back around as he got older and older and older. And then I had kids and I, I had this model to look to of her saying for so many years, this is for you. This is a worship service for you too. It's not just for you to like have fun, mm -hmm. but you're part of this. And now seeing this little boy who's a young man and I totally do the same thing with Eli but it's just because I watched her do it for so long and I just had somebody to look to. Um, so yeah, I think like you said, Nancy pivoting and, and thinking about what we need to tweak and what this season looks like and sort of knowing where am I going to go for that and who am I influencing too, because there's probably someone looking behind at us, even though like Jasmine and I have oldest who are, you know, four and a half and five, there's still probably somebody I think like having those models in your life that you can look up to is so valuable. Um, again, just going back to community mm -hmm. and having a community of people around you. I love that we have a community around us that we can really look around and see um, 
those even those little things you'd think that that's such a small thing as a parent you wouldn't you wouldn't even notice who would pay attention mm-hmm. to me turning my kid around and and reminding them but those small small consistent things that we do you don't know how much that's impacting somebody else and and actually taking the time as a mom to pay attention mm-hmm. to those small things as well and not be walking around thinking i got this like I, I i think there's a there's a level of having this i got this feeling that's good but at the same time also having a posture of a student where you're you're always looking to learn mm-hmm. and to grow off of other people's experiences is such a healthy um mindset to have as a mom because there's so much pressure to feel like you have it all together and so when you put that I have it all together. I got this. I'm going to do it. If you don't allow yourself to be a student as a mom, I feel like that's just so much pressure to try and carry it on your own. Like there's bearing each other's burdens for a reason. We have to carry each other's burdens. And I think part of that is just allowing ourselves to be a model for others. And I can't be a model for somebody else. Like there's not an insecurity that I, oh, oh, don't look at me. I don't know what I'm doing. Like be you know, be be confident in the mom that you are and, and share the things that you've experienced because because that might help somebody else. And being okay with that confidence in your mothering um, is super, is super great. I love getting to have these conversations with you guys and talking about the things that we've experienced. It's testimony, right? Mm-hmm. It's things that we've mm-hmm. gone through that can strengthen each other in in our walk as moms and in our faith. And I, I, I love this. So thanks so much for having uh, yeah, taking the time today to just chat about this stuff. It's been really fun. It's been really great. I've really enjoyed it. The last uh, question that I wanted to ask you guys was, is there any strategies or practices that you've found helpful in strengthening your faith and maintaining um, a sense of spiritual connection during the various seasons of motherhood? Is Yeah, what does that look like for you guys in your life? Do you have tips to give the listeners that, you could maybe even apply. Um, Nancy, you have to go first because you're the one that Jasmine and I need to learn from. <laughs> like I said earlier, I think it, it's such a personal thing. I I I am far more like I like Bible study. Like I like to open my Bible. I like a good Bible study. I am uh, involved in a, a women's Bible study at my church, and thankfully, when my kids were little. They had one on Wednesday mornings. They provided childcare. So I was able to plug in, um, be in community with other women, but then also um, be in God's word. And our women's pastor was just fantastic. She's like, this is community, but you're going to be in community around God's mm-hmm. word. So so like make sure you get into the word and and this um and I just I just love that so much. So that was that was huge for me to find um a that place. And I know, um, like our, uh, one of our, the board members, his, his wife does a a group for moms. And so they do a Bible study and I think, cause that's where she's mm-hmm. at. And so I just really admire her. Right. And that she's able to find, find a community. And if like, if she couldn't find it, she created it for mm-hmm. herself and for other women around her. So I think just getting into God's word in community is has been huge for me. Uh, there's so much that you learn what, from others, um, and uh, and the word speaks. So to me, that's that's my biggest, the biggest thing I think that's encouraged me in my faith um, in the long run. 
Yeah, I think I would say the same is, yeah, just finding ways to be in God's word. And sometimes for me, that's looked like memorizing scripture with my kids. And it's every bit mm. as much for me, if not more for me than it is for them. And thinking, okay, if we're going to memorize scripture yeah. together as part of our homeschooling, then like what's something we all need as we go through our days together? Or like I said, audio audio Bible. I'm not someone who really loves listening. I would rather read, but in this season that has just been where I've been at. And like you said, Nancy, our church women have been great at just finding ways to bring as much scripture into things as we we could handle. And that has sometimes looked like a formal Bible study. Sometimes it's been meeting together and reading a Psalm and just discussing it, or maybe someone has pulled open a study Bible and we've read about one aspect of it often with like 20 kids just running around our feet. Um, and sometimes it's just been getting together and someone praying while, we're, while we've met or even just been together. And if someone's struggling, two women can just have the space to go off and pray while a couple others are just keeping an eye on their kids at the park. And so finding ways to make sure that our community time together is, is marked by just spending time with God and being in his word. Mm. And I also think... Um, Something that I've learned to maybe appreciate more is what my pastor's wife has referred to often as ordinary discipleship. And she encouraged me with that when I had maybe just Eli as a baby, but just to not neglect to notice all the ways older women in our church were pouring into us just by like inviting us over for coffee. And she's like, if you're, mm -hmm. you know, with this older woman and she's making you lunch and talking to you about when she had young kids and how she understands that's discipleship. It doesn't have to be meeting for 10 weeks, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and just mm -hmm. allowing those things to sort of minister to our souls instead of just going through the motions, but to recognize those people who are pouring into us. And and building that community, like you said, Nancy, where if you don't have one, then just make one. And there are women in our church who've done that. And we also live far from family. And that's been hard at times. But the great blessing that it's been is that I've learned a lot about being a friend and being a sister in Christ as other people have been that for me. I love that. I just It reminded me of being present as a mom, how important it is to be present because you can be so in your head sometimes of thinking of all the schedules and things you need to do that you aren't actually present. And it's not just for your kids, but for those around you and paying attention to the people that are are really trying to pour into mm -hmm. you and, and taking as much as you can from those relationships, from those people that are, are taking their time and not just writing it off as, oh, it's just mm -hmm. a coffee, like actually trying to pull those bits and pieces of wisdom out of the people that are are allowing themselves to be accessible to you and so that's really cool I feel for myself um Troy and I are both like very much music loving people we always have music in the house playing and obviously Troy's a an artist so it's something that's just naturally around our home but I've I've loved taking the time with my kids um to put some worship music on and like make it fun mm -hmm. and dance and make it like this time of worship and and enjoying that with them in our home so that it's not abnormal for them to see mom at church, you know, jumping around praising God in that same way. And so that they can feel the freedom to do that in their own way and express themselves, um, not just to, you know, are you happy and you know it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's right like taking those those steps to include them in in my time of praise and 
Um, another thing that's been really cool that I've really enjoyed and, and uh, I would recommend to any mom is taking the time at the end of the day. Um, I've been struggling to get my kids to bed. Always been a struggle. Apparently I was a struggle to put to bed. So I'm like, okay, I'm just putting in my time. So, um, I, uh, I found though that taking the time to just pray in their room while they're going to sleep, um, has been a time of quiet. It's been a time to enjoy just really disconnecting from the rest of, of my day. And, I'm praying over whatever God brings mm-hmm. to mind, but at the same time, I'm in their room, so they're not upset that, you know, mommy, I need this, I need that. And and I find that the days when I'm like, okay, guys, you really just need to get to bed, and I and I just leave, they're like, mommy, can you just sit on the carpet and pray? Like, yeah. can you? And they ask for me to be there. And it's 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 been a really beautiful time when I take that time. And so whether it's that or just taking a little bit of time to sing in their room when, when they're going to sleep. But those little moments um, when you feel like, oh, it, those could be the most frustrating moments, at least for me as a mom, but taking the time to actually use that as a moment to spend with the Lord has been such a flip in in our schedule and the way that it goes. And so mm-hmm. if there's a tip that I could leave today, that would totally be one to try because mm-hmm. it's been awesome for our home and for our family. Overall, I, it's just, it is such a blessing to have um, a faith to stand on as a mother. I, I, I've i found it's just such a a hope and a peace that I can cling to when I feel like I have nothing left to give. And it, yeah such a blessing to be, um, to be a mom and a mom that's pursuing a life of faith. So I think we'll close it up today. Thank you so much for listening to the AC podcast, Mother's Day Takeover. Until next year, love God, love people. Bye for now.